Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. You're about to hear the episode where I interview business magnate and engineer Henry Ford and Abraham Lincoln's wife, former first lady of these United States, Mary Todd Lincoln. It was a fantastic episode. Uh, before we get right to it, don't forget to check out the fresh eps every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends, leave a comment, and email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org with any questions, comments, or concerns. And also, you can uh, see all my upcoming stuff at jarrettberenstein.com. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Mary Todd Lincoln and Henry Ford only on Famous Dead People. Famous dead it's time. Famous dead time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. The story stuck in the head. It's gonna My guests today on Famous Dead People are American Captain of Industry and Business Magnate Henry Ford. Hello and hell yeah. And former First Lady of the United States of America, wife to one of our greatest presidents, Mary Todd Lincoln. Hello. Uh, Mrs. Lincoln, Mr. Ford, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Always a pleasure. Always a rich pleasure to be here. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Uh, now, I'd like to start off with uh, Mr. Ford, if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've revolutionized transportation in America with your car, the Model T, uh, which was the only car cheap enough for everyone to afford. It changed driving from a thing that rich people did for fun to something that everyone did uh, to get to work, to help with their business. Were you able to see that change happen in real time? Like, were there days when you would just be like on your way to work and just be like, oh, my God, like there are so many more cars on the road right now. I do remember the time when driving stopped being fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember having this like car. It was a tank, really. I bought, I made myself a tank. Oh, okay. It was, uh, it had all those like crummy wheels that cars had back then, but just then like a buster, like a big tank, you know, cannon. A big tank cannon? <laughs> yeah. So, so I called it a buster, like the mega buster, but so I meant to say a cannon. When we, when, when you're saying like the really bad tires, we're talking about like without the, uh, benefit of like the big rubbery tires that we have today. Yeah, it was like a bike, but like a bike wheel yeah, almost. It's like two bikes put into a box. Gotcha. So, and that's what I made people. And then so yeah. you 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 put a couple of you put a couple of those on a foundation, and then you put like a like a like a big gun on top of that. Yeah, that was just to show off, though. Okay, because gotcha. it would just shoot like confetti and stuff when I wanted to show off. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, and that was when driving was fun. Once I started giving cars to cool poor people Mm -hmm. driving became less fun for one thing no one knew how to drive Mm. there wasn't really a right of way back then no dmv to give people licenses and teach people how to do it people just kind of hopped in and i gave them away uh for money um Mm -hmm. but it was it was it was just kind of a bad day and i kind of regretted the whole thing oh what was the day like like what specifically happened i mean as soon as i opened up the car market people just all bought cars and then the streets were flooded mm. it was like la fucking new york in terms of cra- <laughs> like in terms of traffic you know it's like the traffic in la fucked the traffic in new york and yeah. that's what it was like and that's what it was like back then just because no one knew how to drive you know mm-hmm. people would go in reverse all the time uh, uh what do you mean they would go in reverse all the time they would just you know go in reverse they didn't know the stick 
<laughs> so they would. I gave them a stick. Gotcha. To use to was drive. There, w- w- was their intention to go forward and then they would go backwards back? Or yeah, were they just, just like like every old person driving, you know, uh, like going through the back. Of I thought those. I thought maybe they would like go in reverse because they didn't realize that the car could go forward. And they would be like, I don't understand why the seats are facing this direction when the only way that this car goes is backwards. Yeah, that was that was a mistake a lot of people made because I just Mm -hmm. released cars into the wild. (laughs) Yeah. And no one, we didn't do anything to make it ready for people. So did you try to teach them? I tried to teach through just yelling obscenities, you know, <laughs> through my car. You personally went and yelled obscenities at them? Yeah, I would mm. knock on their window. They would ram their stupid little car into my beautiful car. I'd knock on the window, knock, knock, knock. Mm-hmm. Do this, the Do a little, uh, circle. Uh, unroll your window motion. Unroll your window motion. So that was already a thing? That was Even, already that yeah. was a Wow, that's yeah. really impressive that was a thing how quickly that, that, yeah. that came on. That was yeah. the first thing. And then I would say, <laughs> lower your CD player. Their CD player was blasting. I'd say, turn Wait, it down. Wh- Okay. They'd be playing a CD. I'd what, say what, turn did, it what did CD mean back then? Because this is obviously 1900. So this right. was uh, before co- before it meant compact disc. Okay. You know, and so you were saying, turn down your CD player. What yeah. exactly were you referring to then? Uh, cuddly dog. <laughs> turn down your cuddly yeah, dog Yeah, it meant cuddly dog. It was like, that music's a cuddly dog. But right now you're driving. So I please... See. Please focus on driving. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's incredible. And I mean, I always... It's, it's fun to think about how a new technology like we're just not prepared for these things we don't have the rules uh there, there were no like lanes painted right yeah. there were no it's stop like old people signs. on facebook you know they don't get what to not do what to do mm-hmm. and they're acting they're making teen mistakes in my opinion gotcha and teen so, mistakes teen mistakes and yeah. so these cars were just like going every which way mm-hmm. uh, okay, into buildings me, into buildings up the escalator you know <laughs> up escalators yep Eight, um, 1900s escalators. Wow. You know? Yeah. yeah. At, at one point, do you remember the day that someone was like, was like, you need to get a license if you're going to operate one of these things? Funny enough, uh, that was the first thing told to me. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Because I had a tank. Oh, and, and they were like, like, you can't just have a military vehicle. Did you, ex- did you explain that it just shot out confetti and it was just like for fun? I explained that I'm Henry Ford and I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Um, and there was a confetti and a lethal switch. Mm. You know, oh, oh, so so oh. you could switch it yeah. to not confetti. You right. could actually make it. Yeah, I'm Henry Ford. I'm rich. I gotta protect myself. I know? see. Do you ever use that switch? Did you ever use the lethal button? I did. Oh my god, I did. Wow. Do you, would you want to talk about it, or is that too? Uh, yeah, too private. Uh, my mother was screaming at me. <gasps> I know your mother was screaming yeah. at you. She was like, "Why did you bring home all this candy?" And I said, "Well, I'm." I'm Henry Ford. I'll do whatever I want. Oh, my God. And we got into a fight. I got into my car. I blew a cannon into my mom's home. She released her dogs. It was a bad sign. That she, is she un- that's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I also know that your that your mom died when you were, uh, I think, like 10 years old. So, so you had already, so I was 10 had already this made happened. this tank yeah. when you were 10. That explains yeah. the candy thing also, yeah. because as a, as a child, you would love candy. Yeah. That's incredible. You know, I Thank wish you could remember the exact age. I think it was around 10 or, or 14 or it something. Was uh, so, <laughs> okay, I believe you, sir. Thank you. Uh, let's move over to, on to uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. Uh, so you grew up in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, the fourth of seven children. Uh, but when you were six, your mother dies. And a few years later, your father married a woman uh, named Elizabeth Humphreys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and according to the Wikipedia, you had a difficult relationship uh, with your stepmother, Elizabeth. Is that right? Yes, that's right. We had a very difficult relationship. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, you know, we fought all the time. I think she just 
you know, I always felt like she liked my other siblings better than me. Mm. Um, Wait, I, even even though they weren't her children either, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the the other the other um, uh, you're the fourth. So that would be um, that's not how numbers work. So the other six of your siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other four. For some reason, I thought that her order in, in the birth made it. You had so to, that like, everyone subtract. born after her, she didn't give a shit about. Yeah, yeah they were too but, old. But that's I mean. not how that's not how numbers works. If you were one of seven children, then there are six other siblings. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So she so she liked the other six, even though they weren't her blood either. Oh, none of them were her blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think she was capable of giving birth. To be honest, you know. Well, I mean, she did have. Um, uh, did she? Did are you have... making fun of her for not being able to give birth? I'm not making fun of her, but you have to understand that we never got along and anything mm-hmm. I'm going to say here is going to be pretty mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand. And I mean, the fact that, that she right. had nine more children with your father and, that, <gasps> and well, that, I guess she didn't tell you about it. Like, that's how bad your relationship no, was. She, you're right. Yeah. I mean, she never directly told me about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know of their existence. I guess I just always assumed that. Um, they were such nice children that they couldn't have possibly come out of her. Yeah, you know like what I mean? maybe she adopted them or took them from somebody. Yeah, or maybe she hired someone. None of that would go beyond her. Are we allowed to smoke in here? You're smoking a lot of cigarettes right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I smoke when I talk about my stepmother. Mm. You know, she's a real... Real B, that, say it. That's mm. like, that's got to be like a um like a, a Pavlovian response, you know, where you just mm. you just revert back to that's the right. the rebellious child that you were because you hated her so much. That's why it's very Pavlovian. Now, right. was there <laughs> an incident uh, between you and um and Elizabeth Humphreys that maybe sparked this, or mm-hmm. would you just say that like that you know uh just just like like a like wild beasts as soon as you got each other's scent. Uh, you just realized that you didn't like each other and that this was going to be, um, you know, this is going to be a tumultuous relationship. Well, no, it's funny that you would ask. I guess at the time I didn't really know what was going on, but having mm-hmm. had the benefit of all this time to think about it, um, I would say that I made quite a poor first impression of oh, her. Oh, okay. Um, That's very big of you to admit. No, I mean, you know, I'm mature enough to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say... At the time, you know, our father wanted us to impress her and basically did something similar to, um, you know, what is currently known as like the Von Trapp family march, you know, which honestly, you know, we did that first Mm -hmm. with seven people. Um, But anyway, so, yeah, I guess I was the fourth and, um, yep, I was a little bit out of line um, and then Actually, that toad move was something that I did um, that was Mm -hmm. picked up in that movie later on. Now, I am not I, I, you know, I have a very vague memory of the sound of music. Like, I kind of know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. This is the scene where uh, Mr. Von Trapp is introducing his children to the Nazis. uh, uh, No, the Julie Andrews character. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, did your mother sell you out to the Nazis? No, 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 I wouldn't say she was that or whatever the Nazi version was at that. Anyway, yeah, because Nazis didn't didn't exist. At the okay. time, um, Nazis have always existed. But Mr. Oh, Nazis have always existed. Yeah, yeah. this is a Henry Ford Ford secret. Secret. <laughs> yeah. Nazis have been See, around for. Well, I know that you have time. sort of like a uh, an inside track on uh, Nazism. We'll, we'll get to that hopefully later on <laughs> okay. in the interview. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, we get... hopefully, we have time. But have you have you seen the Sound of Music, Mr. Ford? Because yes, because so you you're familiar also with the scene Hello, that she's talking about. Farewell. Uh, that's the very end of the movie. But is that the same thing? That you I thought the very phone? end of the movie was some running away from Nazis. Yeah, yeah, that's the and very end. Of the movie. We're up... talking about. 
talking about the beginning of the movie. Okay, okay. I'll explain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say it's a travesty that I have to anchor to the sound of music to describe <laughs> my family dynamics. That's right. They, they if, really should have credited you guys. They really should have. the sound of music. Mm-hmm. They, they really should have. Been should like, have. And here's the point. Here's the time when we do the Mary Todd Lincoln thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's fine if the two of you would like me to anchor to the sound of music. Basically, mm-hmm. the scene that I'm talking about is uh, exactly like you said in the beginning where they introduced the seven er, seven children to the nanny Julie Andrews, mm-hmm. aka Who's a Nazi. No, 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 no not a no. Nazi. Okay, not sorry, a Nazi. no, not quite, not quite, <laughs> not quite. What <laughs> mean, not quite? Well, <laughs> I apologize. You know, I am kind of parallel doing a parallel between the nanny and my stepmother. You know, mm. so I do have some harsh feelings towards her gotcha but no she was not a nazi i'll just say that but anyway yeah so you know when they're introducing and they have like a little whistle and they kind of go up and down and like introduce themselves and Mm -hmm. basically at some point through all that someone like puts a toad in the nanny julie andrew's pocket Mm. anyway you know that the inspiration for that prank was myself. You know, you I was put a toad of, in I did. Elizabeth Humphrey's pocket. I did. Oh yes, I did. You know, I just, uh, I just thought it'd be a fun thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, she reacted poorly to this. Obviously. She reacted very poorly. Um, I think she found out that it was me because all my other siblings ratted me out. Um, oh, wow. But wow. anyway, these hoes ain't loyal. You know. No. <laughs> What? No, you're right. <laughs> these hoes ain't loyal, right? Well, what, what, what were the, wait, what were the gender of the other kids? I don't think it matters. Like a hoe can be any, any that's gender. True. Hose I guess that's can true. be, hoes are gender neutral. Yeah. What you would oh, think, they think that what I said was not a very progressive thing to say, but it actually was. Got it. Because the hoe part is non-gendered now, you know, now sure. that it's 2018. Sure. That's right. That's okay, right. so these kids were working as um, <laughs> sex workers? Is that what No, saying? definitely not. No, a hoe is not somebody who necessarily like, you know, uh, sells himself for sex or is promiscuous, but let's like has the attitude of the hoe, you know, someone who's just like, you know, uh, trashy and only out for themselves and selfish, but like kind of bad at being selfish. I think I'm, I think that that's probably a good uh, definition, right? Sure. Of just like sure. what a hoe is, you know? That's sure. correct. And, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't quite like the use of the word hoe, but I would say it's very apt in this situation because I've always thought of my stepmother as a pimp. You know? Oh, okay. So I think that whole construct makes sense in this situation. Okay, I appreciate you giving me that leeway there. Of course, uh, but anyway, that was it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but you did like the nine children that she had with your father. You just assumed that they were from somebody else because they were really nice. You exactly. Said. Quite frankly, I got along with them more than my blood siblings. Oh, you know? really? Yes, we would play around a lot and play pranks on each other. Mm. Really, you know, those my actual family just had no sense of humor, if I can be honest. Ooh, wow. Yeah, that's uh that's an incredible scoop. That's nowhere in the Wikipedia. Uh if you're just joining us, this is famous dead people on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are uh former first lady of the United States of America, Mary Todd Lincoln. Hello. And uh American Captain of Industry, Henry Ford. Uh hello, and I'm very rich. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about that time mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you became very rich. So I you, don't you, remember such a time but let's go into it well maybe maybe if i paint some broad strokes here sure, you'll sure, sure. uh it'll, yeah. it'll clue you in yeah uh, we grew up on a farm 
Oh, oh, here's a handkerchief for you. Oh, my God. Henry Ford. Are you okay? Shrimp everywhere. Jesus. Just shrimp tails everywhere. I'm sorry about this. That's that's okay. Let me get these shrimp tails back. Are you you feeling all right? Or was it just me talking about your life when you were poor that that caused that reaction? It's a whole slew of things. It's I I don't like to talk about that time. And I see. I'm now so rich that it's like, why would I even bring up the fact that I'm on a... Oh God! So it's actually the it's actually the, the the bringing up of the past that was making you so nauseous. Sorry, it's just that poor stuff. I don't like it. Well, let's um uh well, let, let's talk a little bit about like right after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at sixteen years old, you moved to Detroit to work as a machine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dear, I'm Detroit? out of handkerchiefs. No, I Detroit? thought I thought that you would have liked that better than talking about the farm, the or murder anything. capital of the whole world the, of the world, Detroit. In Detroit, the, the murder capital in the late eighteen hundreds was the murder capital of the whole world. Hey, if you want to get into it, <laughs> surprised I'm alive. Well, I wanted to ask you. Is there a 100% um, death rate? 100% death rate in, in Detroit? Detroit? Well, Isn't I mean, that the case? Clearly not exactly 100% because you managed to survive and thrive. I guess so. In Detroit. Um, now, what I want to know was, so you, it seemed like you had a real itch to get off of the farm and to get over to Detroit. Well, that was my plan? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. And so what I wanted to know was Henry Ford. Was it that you didn't like My working boy. on the farm or did you suspect that there were like bigger and better things available for you if you just like went to a bigger city and you know started working with um uh you know in in the engineering field and uh creating machines that sort of thing? Yes, uh since Detroit was a death march of machinery and mm-hmm. factories, I was like I got to get away from this I don't want to say because it's going to make me throw up. You want to get away from the farm? I'll say the farm. You got to go to the farm. Is it that Uh, you mind if I would posit a theory here that maybe you were so upset with your life on the farm that you went to Detroit hoping that you would be killed either by a murderer or by a machine that you were working on? Do you think that maybe this is like a self destructive impulse that you had, Henry Ford? I do remember I didn't want the farm to take me. Mm. I saw siblings and parents go die by that farm except for my mom who, who, I who you killed, killed with the uh the with tank, who i killed with a cannon mm-hmm. and sorry earlier you earlier killed with a cannon yeah because that was I like around 10 earlier <laughs> killed her with a cannon mm. and then at 16 i decided that i didn't want to die by the hands of the farm mm. and so i decided i was going to go to detroit die there i'll make a machine that would be amped at killing me but making it look like an accident oh interesting so i built myself a car Gotcha. A oh, cheap one. So you built the car. The car was going to be the thing that would kill you, but would make it look like an accident. Right. So I was going to get a car. I was going to get a garage. I was going to have the uh, garage fill with um, carbon, carbon, carbon monoxide. monoxide. Mm-hmm. I was going to listen to a little ACDC just to like, you know, that's why I wanted to go out. ACDC, of course, being the two types of electricity that we were, we were using at the time. Right. And of also the, the famous feud between uh, uh, Tesla and yeah. um, and uh, mm. Thomas Edison. Yeah. And I put on <laughs> Highway to Hell because that's just what made sense to me at the time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, that was what that obviously had to be right. the, the highest setting of electricity on AC yeah, and DC. It's Highway to Hell. That's Highway yeah. to Hell. Yeah. Because yeah. that's like you're, <clears throat> we have the switch, we built it in, but it will kill you. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. And, uh, uh, yep. but of course the plane didn't work. You were not, you know, you were not killed by Detroit. And three years later, mm-hmm. uh, you went back to, to the farm <laughs> to work with the family again. Why would I went, <laughs> you I, did go back. You did go back and <sighs> you just be surprised by this. My question was going to be why you did that, but it doesn't seem like you really are all that familiar with no, it. Either. I, I, I recall, I recall. Mm-hmm. 
I uh, had to go back to the farm so that I could rightfully kill my father. So that you could kill your father. Yeah, so I could get that inheritance a little bit faster. Oh, my God. To order to build the cars faster, we need that farm money mm-hmm. so that we can get back to Detroit so I can make more cars for poor people. I see. I see. Uh, now, how did the plot work? I didn't read what eventually took your me father. Me killing my father? Yeah. Oh. I didn't read if it, uh, if it if it was by your hand or if mm-hmm. it was by your hand, but you made it look like an accident. Like, I wasn't able to see any of that on the Wikipedia. Well, uh, I had to keep it, you know, low key. Of course. Yes. So I built a catapult. You built a catapult? In front of the farm. Okay. And I, uh, quietly as I could, snuck into my father's bedroom. I lifted him up. With both my hands, walked down the stairs, creak, creak, <laughs> creak. I opened the door. Father's eyes began to open. And I went, shh. And he went, okay. And he closed his eyes back down. I then walked into the grass. Crunch, crunch, <laughs> crunch. Strapped him to the catapult. Voop. It was a lot of Velcro. Voop, voop. And then I tied it to a large boulder. That's lowering the catapult. And then tie, 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 tie to the boulder. And then when it was ready, I grabbed my axe. Snip, snip, snipped goes the rope. My father flies all the way miles away. I don't know where he went. Miles away. All those ways. So maybe it's it's possible that he survived the catapulting then. No, he he was sleeping a catapult and I shot him out i have to imagine that uh granted i did strap him to the catapult <clears throat> so, so, maybe so maybe he, he just didn't went even straight fly. down oh my god and maybe he got crushed i didn't actually check i just assumed he flew away but maybe it just squished him when mm-hmm. the catapult went over you know what i mean yeah so maybe yeah. the reason why it wasn't in the wikipedia is, is that he's fine is that he's fine <laughs> he just got yeah crushed maybe, by a catapult well here's up. the thing if you're yeah. if you're asleep and mm. you get and you wake up because you are Flying through the air because you've just been catapulted. Yeah. Um. You know that. You know how like drunk drivers tend to survive drunk driving accidents because their bodies are loose. Yeah. Like I think probably a sleeping person would survive that because they're loose. You can't you know? die in a sleep. You can't die in your sleep. Can't die in your sleep. Not not by like a physical action that happens to you or by you, drugs. You can or by oh alcohol. not not by drugs or <laughs> you know if you're really? sleeping. I yeah. thought that if D and D rules, if you're sleeping, you have a chance to get out of it. Oh, know? really? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, interesting. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I didn't realize that that was based on like actual rules that were, you know, in real life. You know, at least when they... I played D and D, if you were trying to attack someone while they're sleeping, they had like a fighting chance or oh, something. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was fair. Wow. Yeah, I can't. Uh, you know, I wish that uh, we gotta get your dad in here and, and uh, find out what actually happened to him. Uh, let's go back one over day. to Mary, Mary Todd Lincoln for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you were 21, uh, you move in with your sister in Springfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were popular among the gentry of Springfield, and over the next few years, you had a couple of suitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's interesting is that at the same time as you were being pursued by uh, President Lincoln, not yet the president, of course, uh, you were also being courted by a man named Stephen A. Douglas, who was his main political rival. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And so I have a lot of questions about this. Uh, Were they already rivals at that point in their life? Because uh, uh, Lincoln was a lawyer Mm -hmm. and Stephen was just getting into politics um, so, so did they already have a relationship as, as guys who were trying to beat each other to trying to best each other? Well, honestly, I would say that I think the root of their rivalry was me. Oh, you, you know? started it. I started it. 
see. I would think, I actually thought, you know, um, once they were both established, they could have gotten on the same side quicker. But I think that I was always the sort of rift between the two of them. It all started with their mutual courtship of me. I see. Gotcha. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, did um, did one of them approach you first and maybe think that they have dibs? Um, did uh, did one of them, um, you know, did you get along with one better than the other? Like, like, and how did you choose between the two of them? Sure. I mean, to be honest, I strung them both along for quite a while. Really? Mm-hmm. How? What do you mean you strung them along? Well, I think that they both thought that they had dibs on me. Okay. Um, did you did you do anything to give them that impression? Like, were you like, um, uh, oh, you're the first boy that's talked to me, even though maybe like a bunch of other boys had already talked to you? Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, I had to make it somewhat believable. You know, mm-hmm. I was a very attractive woman. And so it wasn't quite believable to say that I was the, they were the first man okay. to speak to me, if I may say so. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, I think I basi- I said something basically to the effect of, you have dibs on me to oh, both of them. <laughs> said they have dibs. Yeah, I mean, I okay. didn't use the word dibs. You of know. course, that's a that's a modern colloquialism. Remember exactly, but it's such an attractive word. Dibs. To dibs. Be like, hey, you've got dibs on me. Yeah, especially yeah. especially when a woman says that to a man. Yeah, like it's a little bit more. It's still pretty cool, but it's a little less cool if a dude says it. But like when a girl says, like, of you course. have dibs mm-hmm. on me, mm. you know, it's just like, ah, oh, it's so hot. I'm sure. Yeah. Really hot. Yeah. Super hot. Yeah. You're also still beautiful. Yeah, very. Oh. Attractive oh, woman, still, so of course. Uh, so yeah, so um, so the two of them are courting you. They're mm-hmm. taking you on dates. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you have an inkling at the beginning, like which one maybe you liked better, or like were there things that Abraham did that you liked, but there were things that Stephen Douglas did that you liked, uh, different things that you liked about him? You know. Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yes, do um, so. I. I really evaluated them purely on their sort of future merit okay. career-wise. Okay. I mean, I know that's kind of a cold-blooded way of doing it. You know, it's the, it's the 1800s. You know, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly, you know. Um, and I think that now, you know, maybe things like emotion and romance come into it. But back then, it was just, just as legitimate to say, well, who's going to be more successful, mm. you know? And I eventually got it down to a formula of it doesn't really matter, you know, how smart you are or even how rich you are in certain instances. It really comes down to the charisma of the individual. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's really what I sort of evaluate the two of them on. Gotcha. And so Lincoln, Mm -hmm. who was like considerably older than you and Stephen, and you and Stephen were a little closer in age. That's right. He had like just more charisma and you felt like he, his, his, um, his personality might take him further than Stephen A. Douglas. Yeah, that's how I felt. Um, But you bring up a good point that, you know, in the sort of benefit of hindsight, perhaps Mm -hmm. I was sort of caught up in how old he was, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a certain amount of life experience that. And that's that's really attractive to to people, you know, just like like when you seem like you've been around the block and you know what's up. Yeah, this podcast has really changed. (laughs) It became like a relationship dating (laughs) podcast. I was just like sitting here, I was like podcast has really changed i mm-hmm. like it though well no no listen like we're we're i'm just trying to put things in uh historical things in context yeah you know for our listeners today and everybody's so fascinated with like the, the relationships work i'm sure that they, they they'd be able to relate to what a yeah. young mary todd lincoln was going through i also never want to hate on someone dating somebody 
uh, because their career is going nowhere. Like, I think that's a good sign of ambition, like a good sign of a personality if they're trying to do better in their career or in their life. Well, I think that's fair. I've seen a lot of relationships break up because that dude is just not doing anything. Mm. And it's like kind of unattractive. And it's also like, do you really want to do this forever? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, totally. Yeah, this well, is something I think about. That makes me it, feel better. It should. Because <laughs> I know in modern in the first place. That's nice. I know in modern days I might be called a, a gold digger, for instance. <laughs> no, but no, definitely not. Nice of you to say. Mm. I would always say that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So um. Uh. You uh, so you choose Abraham Lincoln because mm-hmm. he's more charming, of course. Um, so and then of course Lincoln and and Douglas they have these legendary debates later on in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that um, did, was there anything that happened like during the debates or anything where it, it became clear that there's still like a little animosity between the two of them over you specifically? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. I think in a way, you know, whenever they were debating things like slavery and taxes. Mm-hmm. I always felt like, for instance, you know, when they would talk about taxes, every sentence that they said could be replaced with Mary. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, step away from the taxes. (laughs) Step Step away away. from the marriage? (laughs) Um, No, Mary. Mary. Her name, Mary. Marriage, too. Sure. Both, yeah. I thought you meant, like, Mary. Step away from the marriage. The mar- but both. I mean, that's yeah. essentially what they meant. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe slavery doesn't belong with you; it belongs with me. Is that like that's something that they said? You <laughs> oh, know, I wow. think. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Douglas at one point said, um, "Yeah, you know, I'll take on slavery." For instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I could tell that both of them were really saying, "Like, I'll take on." Mary, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you really think about it, maybe I'm delusional, but that sentence doesn't make sense. And so, like when Abraham Lincoln was like, "You don't know what taxes wants." Yeah. You don't even know what you don't even know taxes. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with taxes. I married taxes. Exactly. Yeah. I live with taxes. That's right. So- or you weren't willing to go down on slavery. <laughs> that was the big thing I remember. Yes, I see that both maybe, of you. Maybe if you were really we serious watched that video. about yeah. your relationship yeah. with slavery, you would have eaten slavery out a couple of more times. Mm-hmm. Oh, this yes. Is... At that point, I did have to stand up and, you know, just sort of glare at them a little bit. <laughs> it was going too Let's, uh, crazy. keep it to the topic. Yeah, I, that's, that is fascinating when you go back and read the actual text there. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we have to take a little break, uh, but we'll be right back with Henry Ford and Mary Todd Lincoln on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBernstein.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People. 
Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are former First Lady of the United States wife to one of our greatest presidents, Mary Todd Lincoln. Hello. And American captain of industry and business magnate, Henry Ford. Hello from money. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Ford, <laughs> nice so sense. in your early 20s, you start experimenting with gasoline engines. Uh, I know we talked earlier about how when you were 16, you were inventing cars to try to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. I can only assume that you had some kind of different uh, different engine. Um, and you eventually, electric, I think. oh, electric. That's right. Yeah. We discussed the ACDC. Yeah, that's right. With electric guitars. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah gotcha. Cars. Cars. <laughs> electric guitars. Cars. Electric guitars. Electric guitars. Want to play some electric guitars? Uh, so, anyways, so you audio. eventually invent a self-propelled vehicle, which you call the Ford Quadricycle, mm. uh, which you test drive for the first time on June fourth, eighteen ninety-one. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about the quadricycle, like what it looked like? Is it similar to what we know of a car today? Um, you know, uh, and, and um, what was the test drive like? Uh, the also? test drive was shockingly easy. It smelled mm-hmm. a lot like gasoline. Of course. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. And then I, I could have gotten a lot more away from that mic. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and... We had a car. It had those broke, dumb, like, carriage wheels still. Like, mm-hmm. still, we didn't get the rubber quite right. Gotcha. Um, and then we put a quad cylinder. So it's like, imagine four little cups. Four little cups. Four little cups. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then imagine just pouring gasoline into it while you had to drive it. Okay. And then imagine uh, with your foot, you had to press gas. Okay, so you like today's cars. You kind of have to lean over the steering wheel. Lean over the steering wheel. Lean over the um, uh, windshield. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roll down your window. Pour gotcha. some gas on your engine. Mm-hmm. The cups mm-hmm. smash around. Cups smash around. Yeah. And lean. then you put your foot on the gas. And you put your foot on the gas and go. That yeah. makes it go. Then oh. Gotcha. It's pretty easy. Interesting. Really, really easy. <clears throat> so was this, it sounds easy. Yeah. So was this more or less sophisticated than the tank that you had when you were 10 years old? This was oh, this was less sophisticated okay. because this was for poor people. This was uh, for the consumer. Yeah. The and this consumer. is this tank was for rich uh, Henry Ford. <laughs> rich See. ass Henry Ford, you know. Gotcha. Um yeah. I don't use the toilet. Now uh what? It is, I'm, I'm sorry, so what? <laughs> I said I don't use the toilet because I'm so rich. What do you mean you don't use the toilet because you're so rich? Do you not have to go to the bathroom because you're rich? Or do you, uh, you have other... were so clean. That you that never, never had to do... Yeah. You, you, you don't what? expel waste out of your body. Yeah, because the food I was eating was so clean. Henry Ford. So clean. <laughs> so, so unbelievably wealthy. Yeah. That you could buy, that you could create, buy, and then consume food that was so good for you mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have any kind of waste coming out of your body. You're right. And no all urine today. No urine. No poop. No poop. Wow. But uh, did not feel good throwing up just now. I will say that was a very new feeling. I see. have not thrown up in a while. That's unbelievable. I haven't had shrimp in a well, long I'm time. I'm sure that that's yeah. why you did it here in the studio. You've forgotten that that's something that you do in the bathroom. Yeah, you know it's that's true. unbelievable. Thank um, you. Going going Thank back you. to this uh, this first car review, this this quadricycle. Okay, not that you not using the bathroom isn't fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is said Self. that after you did the test drive of the quadricycle. Um, a, a couple of times, you started brainstorming ways that you could improve it. Right. Like, and, it wasn't a good idea to have a cup of gasoline in the front with yes, us. Yes, this seems dangerous. Yeah, yes. that was dangerous. It smelled 
great and it tasted good, but that's mm-hmm. a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, it was apparently flammable. So mm-hmm. other people who did it, they blew up into fire. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So we had to think of a way to put the cup of gas in the engine without a person, right. you know, having to pour it yeah. in there. And so at first we just put like a big cup of gas in a funnel, mm-hmm. like a funnel. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, a funnel. And then we just put that in the cups of the Quadra engine mm-hmm. thing. But then apparently there was nothing stopping the gas from just going all the way through. So it would just bleed out gas and then that would catch on fire. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Must have been just like a lot of road explosions back then. It was. I was in a lot of explosions back then. You were personally in a lot of explosions. Uh, No one else would do it. So I had to be in the explosions. Wow. Were you ever injured in these explosions? No. No. No, I got on fire a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was in this one explosion where I thought my eyes were in the back of my head. And my tongue was in my stomach, but I shook it off and I was like, oh, actually, I'm fine. Oh, wow. I think it was all the healthy food I was eating. You that, know? that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Did, yeah. People, did the people around you die from the explosion? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my first son <gasps> was in a building a block away and an explosion happened and a stray piece of metal just went through his skull. It was really sad. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that was my firstborn son. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. And also Thank just you. unbelievable that you weren't injured and that somebody who was much further away from the explosion was yeah. critically injured. It critically, like death injured. That's you know? unbelievable. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that movie Unbreakable with Bruce Willis where like he just can't be killed, you mm-hmm. know, except by water. Spoiler alerts. Hey. You know? Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you hadn't seen it yet. It's okay. No, I've seen it. I haven't <clears> seen the other ones. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, but that's wonderful. I'd really be curious to find out if you have ever sustained any kind of injury or illness at all. Like maybe that could like lead us down that direction. But uh, I'd like to talk to Mary Todd Lincoln for just a moment here. Okay. Uh, so while Abraham Lincoln was traveling around as a circuit lawyer in Illinois, like right after you guys get married, mm-hmm. uh, you, of course, were left alone to run the household by yourself for months at a time. And I'm wondering if you found that difficult. Like, um, did you have things that you would do? to entertain yourself? Did you have activities that you did with the children to keep yourselves occupied? Like, how did you view those those months when Abraham Lincoln was on the road? Well, sure. You know, I think, um, well, when I was alone by myself, you're right, it was a very sort of trying time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I suppose, never lonely because I had all those children to tend to, but obviously they were not up to my intelligence level at that time. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't have like political debates with you or anything. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I would say I would kind of put them to bed as soon as possible so I could have my own time. And during that time, mm-hmm. I would, you know, I, I think I basically just practiced being the first lady. Of the United States. Really? That's sad. This is, of course, years before. This is obviously years before he entered politics. Years before, you know, I always kind of knew. I would say I kind of believed in myself, you know, it wasn't, oh. it, I mean, it wasn't really like I thought he would be president one day, but I guess I thought but that. But you knew that you would be first lady Yeah, someday. I thought that I would make oh, it the wow. first lady one way or another. Even if it wasn't with Lincoln. Like Even maybe if it wasn't with him. That yeah. other guy, maybe? Mm-hmm. The other guy. Who's Stephen A. Douglas? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Stephen Douglas. What about George Bush? Wait. Mm-hmm. George Bush, George of course, Washington. was, was uh, much, much earlier, so. Okay. But yeah. there was... A George Bush back then as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. It's a very common name. It's a yeah. common name. Mm-hmm. George yeah. or the Bush. Yeah. So you would put the kids to bed nice and early mm-hmm. so that you could just hang around the house and practice being first lady. Just practice the sort of social customs. and. Um, Ooh, like what sort of things would you do? 
Well, I uh, created a huge desk for myself. Okay, um, big desk. And would just practice um, serving tea to the person across. Well, the oh, first yeah. lady would have to serve tea to somebody else? Yeah, definitely. She really? she, she kept the White House. That was like part of her yeah. job back uh, then. What a bummer. Well, yeah. that's the thing is, you know, when you're part of a big household, you usually have servants that do that for you. Right. Mm-hmm. But as for a, the first lady? But mm-hmm. as a first lady, you know, my thought was it's probably good to demonstrate that I'm capable of doing those uh, things. It's and weird. The, the the optics and politics are so important. Very you know? important. Obviously, so was, she could have had somebody serving tea to the uh, ambassador to France or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's important to show that she can do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. also, I just felt like, would bring another level of intimacy if I did serve the tea to the other person. Oh, intimacy. Intimacy. Sure. To the No, this is like me sort of visualizing the future at that point. Mm -hmm. But why would that intimacy be be necessary, like with a guest of the White House, if you're already the first lady? Well, oh, I guess both of you are saying intimacy. I don't mean sexual intimacy. Oh, Oh, I see why you both just jumped at that (laughs) word. Well, I I thought it was at first funny, and I was like, well, it doesn't mean that. So I kind of ignored it. I was like, I was drugging it off. It's okay. Not me. Not me. (laughs) I was like, intimacy has a few meetings. I was like. Sorry, go on. It please. is my job as an interviewer to explore the different avenues that intimacy could mean. Mm. That's very fair. You mm. know what I will say? I mean, there were times in the White House, I won't lie, that I was tempted, you know. Oh, really? Of well, course. Lincoln was gone so long, right? Exactly. A lot yeah. of business, a lot Lots of, uh, of a lot of campaigning that he's got to do. campaigning. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah. So, and so you're saying that there were moments when you were tempted while you were the actual first lady of the United States? Well, of course. I mean, it's. You know, you have to know. I mean, perhaps it's true today, too, but most of the people that were successful in politics back then were also very charismatic and attractive. That's of what course. they were going off of. of course, and, yeah. You know, they would kind of sit down in my tea room and have some tea with me mm-hmm. and we would kind of lock eyes. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure there was something going on, on the other side as well. Oh, my. the other side. The other side, yes. Now, are um, we talking about foreign ambassadors? Are we talking about like senators from the colonies? Like, like maybe, um, maybe, maybe some, uh, some, some, some uh, senators or some generals, maybe for the Confederacy, and you're <gasps> maybe trying to use your sexuality to to convince them to surrender or something. Sure, I mean every <laughs> angle that you just mentioned, you know. <laughs> but I will all say of all of the above. All of the above. But, you know, I will say that I, I, I have to, I've never strayed, you know, mm. it was, but I knew the power that I held. Of course. With them. And yeah. it would be a sin not to use that. Of course. I mean, women were stifled at the time mm-hmm. so mm. much. Or so you basically had your hands tied. The only thing you could do was use your sexuality. Yeah. You had to commit a sin to avoid a sin. Mm-hmm. Of course. And it was, you know, innocuous things like I would drop my tea and then bend over to pick it up. Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> Very innocuous. Sorry, that's Henry Ford talking. <laughs> Sorry, go on. That's okay. I'm I'm flattered that mm-hmm. you would be interested in this story. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was it. Uh, so yeah, um, that's fascinating. And I, and I gotta say, I commend you for using whatever power you could you could muster to uh, to help your your husband exactly. in all of his endeavors. Uh, let's pivot back over to uh, Henry Ford for a moment. So sure, even in, though I didn't stop the Confederate War or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's. It, uh, obviously, you were 
born at a different time. I'm sure that if you had been in a position to, you probably would have tried to stop the the the, the Revolutionary War. Yeah, we'll see what my politics were. I guess. Uh, we well, we will see. So, uh, in uh, in 1901, you mm-hmm. designed and built another vehicle. This one capable of 26 horsepower, which um, the Wikipedia says that you raced, but it doesn't really right. say anything about this race specifically. This was 1901. Okay, I can tell and, you about this race. Oh yeah, yeah. Please okay. go right ahead. So. Every kid in town wanted that trophy, right? This was the trophy to end all trophies. It was seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. Also, the rec center was uh, writing on this. Okay. Because mm-hmm. if the rich people got it, they were going to tear down that rec center and turn it into a parking lot. Now, this sounds, this uh, what, what you're saying sounds very specific, but it's also vague at the same time. Like, sure. like wait, where, who, who is in this race? It sounds like... Um, uh, like, like, is this something like other car builders, other, other car engineers? Or? Everyone and anyone was in this race. Okay? Everybody was in this everyone. race. Everyone. Ah, name them, they were in this everybody race. Everybody in okay? Detroit, everybody in... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh no, the trigger word. Yeah. I'm going to have to get you some, uh, some vomit suppressants. That'd be great. Also, this is my martini glass from, I think, before I died. Mm-hmm. I beg your pardon? I ate a you, martini you, glass. You vomited up a martini yeah. glass? There's I, a lot that's wrong with that. Well, You really shouldn't be drinking <laughs> martinis so fast that you accidentally inhale the glass that it comes in. When I party, I, I party. <laughs> when you party, you party. When I party, I party. So yeah, everybody in the country was involved with this? Everyone the world. In the world was Everyone, involved with this. Yeah, there was a small rec center that all the local teens would go to, and we mm-hmm. all wanted something with that rec center. Mm-hmm. The teens wanted it to stay a rec center so they would stay off the street. Uh, the big corporate wanted to turn it into a parking lot or a condo mm. or a farm. <laughs> I don't know why I would say farm. And you, of sorry. course you said the whole world was involved with this. So I have to imagine that there were foreign right. investors who also wanted to maybe knock right. down the rec center. Or yeah. Something? Yeah. And I won't get into politics of the foreign uh, influence on mm. what they wanted with that. Yeah. But they, they had bad intention. I can bad, bad intention. But Henry Ford, me, mm-hmm. I wanted to turn it into uh, a local teen spot so that they I could mean, help. I mean, it was a rec center already, isn't it? It was a rec center, but I wanted to turn it into a teen spot to help build more cars. Oh. I wanted to get the teens So like to a teen work. factory? Yeah. Oh. A factory where teens would work yeah. to build your cars. Yes. All right. 1900, yeah. 1901. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, the hero. No uh, child labor laws yet, apparently. Yeah. I was keeping those kids off the street <clears throat> and in my factory to help build cars. Gotcha. Okay? And so you raced your 26 horsepower car yeah. in this race. Yeah. And uh, and how did you do? I won. You won the race. We uh, we went through the corn maze. I got out first. We went through. Sorry, part of the race was driving through a corn maze? Yeah, it was a legitimate maze. <laughs> and everyone oh else got stopped by the corn, but not my car. You know, mm-hmm. horses wouldn't want to go through the corn. Uh, oh, so uh, not everybody had a, had a, had a car no. in this race. <laughs> Oh, what? what? <laughs> Why would everyone have a car? Was it was it mainly horses or were there other it was horses? There were a few cars because I did give them to poor people for money. Gotcha, and, gotcha. Uh, we there were also like um, you know carriages, mm-hmm. but now imagine like the pumpkin, like in um Princess in Cinderella, Cinderella. Okay, yeah. Princess Cinderella. Gotcha. Uh, there was that. So there were people riding horses, but there were also people riding horse-drawn carriages where yeah. the, the carriage was actually a pumpkin. There was also oh, all what? the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. <laughs> do you remember that cartoon? I do remember the Hanna-Barbera. With the Dudley race wrong or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was there. It seems uh, like not everyone cared about winning this race. <laughs> Most ask that question. did. People didn't really realize that it was for the rec center, uh, you know, I that see. space. Mario Kart was there. That's um, really impressive. 
Yeah, there was a PlayStation I, One racing game there. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to pivot off of this. Uh, this mm-hmm. race, which congratulations on winning. Thank you. Uh, but let's, I made teens l- make cars. Go let's on. Uh, let's talk about your politics just a little bit. Uh, if you're just joining us, this Perfect. is famous dead people on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are. American Captain of Industry, Henry Ford. Hello from the Captain of Industry. And former First Lady of the United States, Mary Todd Lincoln. Hello. So you had um, extremely progressive views regarding worker standards. You paid twice what anybody else paid. Mm-hmm. You helped develop the 40-hour work week. Woo-hoo. You were an equal opportunity employer of That's minorities right. and women. That's right. You gave your opportunities the uh, the option to profit share, but at the same time, you were aggressively anti-union. Of course. And I was wondering if you could explain why you hated the union so much, why you fought the union so much, when it seems like you were both fighting for the exact same things that mm. the union would eventually try to put in just to improve the lives of the employees. Well, I am clearly one smart man. Mm, yes, of course. And then yeah. if you make a group of lesser smart people, they're not going to do what I want them to do, right? Because I'm smart. I make good decisions. I'm Henry Ford. I know what I'm doing. 48-hour work week. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 48 hour work week. And then you eventually changed it to the 40 hour work yep, week. Yeah, I course. realized that was a little <laughs> much. Uh, apparently, no one wants to work two extra hours a day. Oh, no. So you're anyway. just saying that you just couldn't trust the union to make the same great decisions that you would make. Right. And also, uh, you know, we've all seen the scene in Bugs Life when the uh, grasshopper or cricket um, uh, says to the other cricket, does this hurt? And he throws a seed at him and the mm-hmm. cricket goes, no. And he goes, okay, does this hurt? And the cricket goes, no. And then the grasshopper floods him with seeds and the grasshopper gets like crushed. Mm-hmm. And the point of the scene being one person is not to fear, but many people are. A okay. And mm-hmm. so you think that. This is Bugs Life, I'm pretty sure. You were, you were worried that the, um, that the union would be an unstoppable force that would crush right. other people? Yes. Okay, that they would crush me in particular. I see. Uh, I yes. see. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, looking back, um, you know, there are obviously other captains of industry who didn't have as progressive ideals as you mm-hmm. and who take like to take advantage of their workers. Do you see how a union would be really valuable for those people instead? No. No, <laughs> you don't. No, no, no. Well, what's, what's a person supposed to do then? Not everybody work can for work me. for the Great Henry Ford, but not everybody can work for the Great Henry Ford. Work Ford. for less money for me? No, not, not everybody can do that. Um... Maybe give up that job, throw overthrow him, mm-hmm. then give me his cars, and then work for me over there. It doesn't seem like you thought this through. I did. <laughs> you just hear what I said? I have to take your word for it. Okay. Uh, let's move it back over to Mary Todd uh, for a moment. So if you don't mind, uh, I'm sure it's a very painful memory, but I'd like to ask you about the night that your husband was shot uh, by okay. John Wilkes Booth. Mm. Um, and so you were at a showing of Our American Cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were holding hands with Abraham mm-hmm. and, uh, the last conversation that you had with him allegedly, uh, was you leaned in and you said, quote, what will Miss Harris think of my hanging on to you? So to which the president responded, quote, she won't think anything about it. Yes. And so I'm wondering if you could shed some light on this, uh, interaction for us. Like who was this Miss Harris that you were talking about and why would she have an issue with? Uh, you snuggling up with your very own husband, of course. Uh, okay, well, I suppose I will tell you the truth. Um, uh, Miss Harris was his mistress. Oh, wow. my God. What a bombshell. Bombshell. Very much a bombshell. Abraham Lincoln had a mistress. 
named Miss Harris. Yes. Oh my God. And he also referred to her as Miss Harris. That's mm-hmm. uh, basically what she went by. It sounds like a sex thing, you know? Call someone Miss so. Harris, you know? I, so. <laughs> I suppose. You're not making this easier oh, for so me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mary Todd. I apologize. It's okay. Anyway, no, it's fine. It's been years from since that incident. But yeah, yes, you're clearly over it. I am, I am over it. You're not fact. salty about this at all. Okay, I'm a little salty. I'm a little salty. You know, it's just that, um, you know, I, uh, well, I caught them. I had caught them the night before. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Wow. Caught them the night before. Um, Well, you know, I won't go into too much detail, I suppose. But let's just say I uh, went to the restroom one evening and they were both in there. Oh, Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Slumkins when you get a blowjob when you're on the shitter. That's not necessarily what they were doing, Henry Ford. There's a lot of different ways that a person can be intimate in the bathroom with somebody. Fair enough. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Dirty trombone. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am not going to go into, uh, I'm not going to go into the details. Yeah, and Henry Ford, please stop goading Mary Todd Lincoln into maybe revealing exactly what sex act he was doing in the bathroom Uh, with his Harris. What's another urban dictionary? Uh, uh, 2007. This is not jelly donuts or the Houdini. This is not about me. I'm so sorry. I'm we're, going to be not. honest. Both of you have brought up sex at every turn <laughs> in my in my interview segment. And while it's true that sex was involved, mm-hmm. I won't deny it. I apologize. Uh, <sighs> I, I, I hope that we're not steering non-sexual conversations into a sexual area. But I feel like. No, uh, no. Like, like you, maybe sort of like we're we're dropping breadcrumbs in the sexual okay, direction. Okay, I'm so going we to, to you know, it, for instance, my use of the word intimacy had nothing to do with sex. But I mean, I mean a, a person could intuit <sighs> that intimacy might mean something I suppose, sexual. I suppose you're right. You're so right. What, anyway, so oh wait, <laughs> I was gonna say, what were they doing in the bathroom then? No, don't you don't, the, you don't have to say that. Sorry, they don't want to say. Okay. You don't want to get into it. No, yeah. I, no, I can get into it. It's fine. Um, so. I'll preface this by saying I didn't quite get the whole picture because as you can imagine, when I went into the room, they immediately, you know, aborted whatever they were doing, mm, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I will say that um, they were both facing the same direction. So there's that. Okay. There's um, a clue for you. There's Henry a clue Ford. for you. They were facing okay. the same direction. Okay. Um, anyway, so that was, <laughs> that was the night before. Could have been looking out a window the same. Uh, perhaps they could have been perhaps they could have been naked looking out the window in the same direction that's a possibility that's a possibility okay but a woman my intelligence obviously um took some other implications into account and Mm. kind of thought that perhaps there was more to that than just looking out the window uh anyway yes can i ask a question yes please do you caught your husband cheating on you (laughs) and then the next day he ends up dead (sighs) is that is that your question Mm -hmm. henry ford (laughs) Yeah, that's my question. It's more like a statement. Uh, you caught your husband cheating on you. <laughs> then yeah. the next day you find him dead. And you're so lovingly holding on to him. And even though you'd be a little bit mad at him at the time, you would assume. That's, that's Are my you question. implying <laughs> that Mary Todd Lincoln assassinated her husband, Abraham Lincoln, because she was mad about the affair he was having with Smith Harris. Uh, it's coincidental. That's all I'll say. It's all right. All... Listen, I... <laughs> Listen, Mary Todd, I do not believe this, but just to assuage the the wild imp- uh, uh, accusations of Henry Ford, I'm just going to ask you plainly, and feel free to deny as strongly as you like, 
Did you kill Abraham Lincoln? Okay, well, first of all... Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> believe it's not just a no. Oh, my God. Very well, odd. Okay, I'll tell you the whole story. Yes, please do. Sure, the whole story. Shed some now light. That, now that, you know, I suppose enough time has passed since this incident. Wow. So it's true that, you know, a 24 hours is not enough for any forgiving person to get over an affair. Mm-hmm. Of course. Just setting the context here. Okay, well, so the next day, I did sort of contact, well, you know, the recurring other person in the story, Stephen Douglas. Oh, my God. Wow. Stephen Douglas. And I sort of told him about this whole thing. Just sort of. Seeing what sort of leverage he can give me to bring for me to bring back to my husband. And then, well, we devised this plan <sighs> where I would give him a little signal <sighs> when I thought it might be appropriate. Sort of punish Abraham for what he did. Okay. Now, to be honest. He wasn't meant to die. <gasps> oh. Just wanted to nick him in the ear or something. That's a huge Wait, gamble. So John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> it's the biggest gamble I've ever heard. John Wilkes Booth. You hired John Wilkes Booth <laughs> to shoot Abraham Lincoln in the ear. No, no. Let me finish, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Now, there, uh, the whole thing, there are a lot of sort of ambiguous pieces that I've not completely been able to put together. Okay. However... What my understanding is, yes, so I spoke to um, Stephen Douglas, um, and he said, I'll see what I can do, essentially. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what I was supposed to do was basically raise my hand um, and basically raise my pinky finger as a signal to say, go ahead and nick him in the ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now... The issue was that that entire day, Abraham was so nice and sweet to me. Oh, obviously, he just got caught. Exactly. You know. As, is, you know, as men typically do when they're caught fucking another woman. <laughs> and I was, I was just like, I've never, if this, he's just being so nice. Maybe this is just a mistake. I won't do this. So at the end of the day, you know, while you are right in that it's very suspect of me, I didn't raise my pinky. You didn't give the signal. I did not give the signal. But did you ask for tea? Is that where the confusion came in? Like maybe you lifted up your pinky and said, can I get some tea? And maybe they thought that was the signal. No, no. I would say that the history books are right on this one, that it was just a pure coincidence. That John Wilkes Booth and his operation was just doing something in parallel. I see. Mm. So maybe Stephen Douglas didn't hire John he... Wilkes Booth to shoot Abraham Lincoln in the well, ear. This is this is what I'm saying is <laughs> ambiguous about the whole thing. Because as you know, mm-hmm. Stephen also had his own motives for wanting um, Abraham That's dead. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't put it past him to have individually hired John Wilkes to wow. have done this. I'm going to have to get Stephen Douglas in here to get to the bottom of this. You That's may have call. to do that. Now, we are running out of time. What? Uh, but I have one final question for Henry Ford. Uh, we had already talked about your progressive ideals 
that you had surrounding minorities and labor. Mm -hmm. I'm a hero. Uh, You were also vehemently anti-war. You said that that wars were the product of greedy financiers who sought to profit in human destruction. Mm -hmm. But it became clear over time that when you said greedy financier, that you very specifically meant Jews. Right, of course. Is that, so that's correct. You do confirm that. Yeah, I do. Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, just vomit at the... (laughs) Yeah, that was real. That is extremely offensive. Sorry. I can't believe you said that. Sorry. It just seems weird to me that somebody who is as progressive as you would also be Mm anti-Semitic. Well, you know, everyone's gray. Everyone's gray. Everyone's gray? Yeah. There's... Everyone thinks the world is black or white. You're either a hero Mm -hmm. or you're the devil. Yeah. But... Great. You have layers. Yeah. You know, you and like, I'm saying I'm a you hero. paid people yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. You gave them profit sharing, but you also just really hated Jews. Yeah. So everyone's <gasps> like shades of gray. I'm a pure white knight. Uh, I see. Yeah. And, Except for uh, that. Except for that one thing. I mean, you really shouldn't be all that shocked, Mary Todd. When you were going through your little uh, crazy spells, you once uh, con- tr- uh, said that a wandering Jew had taken your purse. Uh-huh. You know, so it's not that it's not like neither <laughs> of you are guilt free where where anti semitism is concerned. I can't take responsibility for what I say during my psychiatric breakdown. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Fair point. You had nine kids. Mm, no, no, four kids. Oh, four. His, that's a lot. Her stepmother had nine kids with her father. Right, and then you were also practicing first lady. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's right. I think that's fun. Yeah, this is great. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this what? week's episode of Famous Dead People. Uh, I would like to thank my guests, Mary Todd Lincoln and Henry Ford, for joining me in the studio today. Hello from uh, last last <laughs> question. Do either of you have any comedy shows that you like or Twitter accounts that you want to plug? Anything like that? Um, uh, Henry Ford. Uh, yeah, Pat May is doing another video game improv show where he plays video games and does improv at the exact same time. This is going to be a back to school show, so we're going to be playing educational games. We'll have a few other teams there as well. You should really come out. Magnet Theater, uh, September 14th, 7 p.m. It'd be great to see you there. And uh, Mary Todd? Okay, well, I heard of a show um, that is um, a improvised Star Trek um, that is called The Final Frontiers. That's the name of the show. Um, it is on three Tuesdays and one, in September and one Tuesday in October at 11 p.m. at the UCB House Kitchen Theater. Um Please check the website if you're interested. It sounds very interesting. Uh, my stuff, of course, you can find at jarrettbarrington.com. I'm going on a big stand-up tour. So if you are anywhere in the country and you want to see if I'll be there, go to jarrettbarrington.com and check the schedule. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Hit us up at Famous Dead People at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>